the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Mission Life Podcast. Today we have John Schlitt on the show. John Schlitt is the lead singer of Christian praise band Petra. He's won Grammy Awards, Dove Awards, and was called the best rock singer in Christian music history by gospelmusicchannel.com. He has a new project called Go that he will be sharing about today. John, welcome to the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you, guys. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with uh, uh, podcasts that are putting Christ first. I love it. Absolutely. So you've been rocking in the Christian music industry for nearly 40 years, almost from its inception. What changes have you seen in the industry from the time when you first joined Petra to now recording Go? Well, positive and negative. Uh, when we first got in as, as a Christian rock group, uh, when I joined it and the Petra had been going through for years before that, they were under such scrutiny uh, and under such um, Oh, just scrutiny is the best word I can use. Uh, thinking that uh, we were counterfeits and uh, uh, we had an alternative motive to, rather than using music to, to uh, talk about Jesus. Um, and it really hampered Petra's style for a long time because you could only go so far. And we wanted to work with the church. We wanted to work with uh, the Christian music scene. Uh, but I mean, it was seriously like total ma under magnifying glass at all times. But as time went on and Petra developed and uh, the, the vision of what we were doing was, uh, you know, came to fruition, then I think the industry sort of opened up. And sometimes I feel like it's almost opened up too much. Mm -hmm. And the vision of, of Christ being the center uh, was lost a little bit. Not not everyone. Please understand. I mean, the the mission of Christian music is still very much in the forefront, and there's a lot of great groups that are out there doing exactly what uh, our vision was and doing it their their way. But you've always got to be careful. I I think uh, uh, it's gotten easier. Well, and I don't. It's hard. It's hard to answer these questions because it's like saying, "Oh, they've got it easier than you did." No. It's, it's hard no matter what you do because uh, uh, mixing rock and roll and, and the, uh, the modern music scene to the message of Christ is always suspicious to, to the believer and non-believer. So uh, you just got to be careful. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle, but it's worth it. It's, uh, it's what we do. So you kind of were in rock music prior to even doing... Uh prior to doing rock music for, for Christ, right? You had a band that was head East. And I think I can't say this right, but let's see here. It was uh, what vinegar Hills hometown band, something different. You and, said it uh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> so you, well, you've been rocking since my, like 13. Well that, yes. And that was my, my little hometown band. I created it myself um, and uh, went all through high school playing uh, in that air in my area. Um, it was just, it was something I loved to do. I, I could I could sing. I played guitar, and uh, it just seemed right for me. I just I loved it. Uh, really enjoyed it a lot. It was a uh, it was a nice way to make money. Uh, it's uh, you know it was a uh, it was better than digging ditches. So, 
Um, it was just fun. But when I when I uh, went to go to college, I, I was going as an engineer and I thought, OK, music has to go. I'm done. And so the first year, uh, my freshman year, I, I studied hard, got good grades in college. And and but then at the the end of that year, I discovered a band called uh, what well, wasn't called Head East at the time. But I discovered a band that needed me. And that's all it needed as far as I was concerned. And so I ended up uh, as a little, you know, a little arrogant, but uh, I joined the band and it worked. And uh, oh my gosh, I almost flunked out of school the, the, my sophomore year. I finally had to quit the band. Uh, rejoined it when I finished college. And uh, yeah, it, uh, and that was, and it turned out to be called Head East. We did our own record. It uh, It's now a classic with uh, a classic song on it. And, uh, which was, you know, really what you call the musician's dream. Uh, but man, even when it, when you have a dream, if you do it every night, play in front of thousands of people every night, it gets old and you start looking for that next exciting part of that day. And I'm afraid that first it became booze, then it became cocaine. And it got to a point in about a five-year period where my whole life depended on cocaine. And uh, it was... I can't. I I was raised in a family that had uh, a Catholic mother and a Lutheran dad, and they were sweet pies. I mean, they they were good parents. I have no excuses except I really didn't have Christ. I, I had religion and a battle of religion, but I didn't have Christ. So when I was in that the the secular world backstage, I was fair game, and the enemy uh, uh, took me and thought he had me. And when I got fired from that band because I was so extreme in, into drugs and booze that um, I think he, he had already checked me off his list and uh, said, okay, uh, I can go on because he's done. Uh, but you never, you know, he keeps forgetting that Christ is there and he has a plan for us and praise God. Uh, um, I basically became a Christian. Uh, in, instead of committing suicide, I became a Christian. And, uh, and when I mean, what I mean by that is I realized that God was real. I asked him in my life. I realized I was a sinner. And I realized even then as a baby Christian that the blood of Christ was shed for me and I could start again. Now, I will say that that took a while because for a long time, I thought I was, I just, my past made me too dirty to do anything in ministry. And it took me two or three years to realize that, uh, you know, as I got into the word more and more, that the blood of Christ was shed for every one of our sins. Mm -hmm. And one day God says, John, which one of the sins that you did is greater than my blood? Mm -hmm. And that opened up a whole new uh, experience for me. And that's about the time that Bob Hartman called and said, uh, would you consider singing for Petra? If I hadn't, if God hadn't given me that, that eye opening observation i might have i might have hesitated with bob and said well you know i can't be in a, a ministry like yours it's 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 too right and i'm too wrong you know uh but uh, i was ready god had prepared me and uh when i joined petra i i had i, I was ready it was funny i when bob asked me if i joined us yeah let's do it and he's he says well don't you think you should pray about it i go oh, yes but I really, uh, circumstances that were happening before that, uh, very, I mean, right before that, 
Um, I knew, but I, my wife and I prayed about it. We knew from word go that it was what we were supposed to do. It took the, the rest of the band a little time because it was too easy for them. And, uh, but it all worked out. And for 20 years, Petra was a very, very, and still, you know, it still is a very important part of my life because we're doing a 50th anniversary tour for the next three years. So, um, and then I'll explain that in a little bit too, but, but it's, uh, it's amazing. God, God is an amazing God. He took a guy who was trying to commit suicide and didn't even know it through, you know, through booze and alcohol or alcohol and, and drugs. And, uh, gave me a second chance and I've been so thankful about it, for it ever since. And I've tried my best to use the talents he's given me to bring across the message. It's life changing. And uh, I hope he's pleased with me. You know, I'm, I'm trying every day. Amen. Wow. What I find, well, a couple points. What I find amazing is the disposition of your heart between the two. So for the first one, head east, in your words, the band needed you, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, Petra approaches you. You have a hum a much more humble heart, and God had done some so much work. Where it's almost like you didn't, maybe at first didn't feel, um, like you were that you were ready, or that you you said you were ready, but like God had to do some different, um, different work in your heart for you to be ready for that. So, it's kind of mirrors a lot of people in the Bibles you know, position, we look at Moses, Moses is like, man, like I'm going to make God's will happen. And he goes and kind of messes it up and has to kind of go kind of do this. And, you know, Abraham, all these people, and it's, it's, it's very similar. Mo most of us have a calling on our life and we start into that. And some, somewhere we get a little derailed and the enemy tries to keep shame. He tries to keep guilt and tries to keep you from that calling, um, that gifting that God gives you. But, you know, the word says the gift the gifts of God are, are, are without repentance. They, they, he gives those things to you and he's not going to, he doesn't take those things back from you. And so, um, so I love that God took, gave you something, gifted it. And yet he had the grace and he had the, uh, he restored you and prepared you for an even larger platform in the future. With hindsight, as I watched, you know, as I've looked through my life, it was really amazing. You know, the, those years with Head East really um, trained me to be the front man for a big band in 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 big arenas from from small to gigantic arenas. I, I had the experience that was needed for a band like Petra. But Petra also that ministry also needed someone who was into the word, wasn't a baby Christian because you get swallowed up. And I had five years of, of getting in the word, growing in the word before uh, I ever uh, got a chance to be part of Petra. So I had the seven years of experience, the five years of becoming more than a baby Christian, which is exactly what Petra needed at that time. They needed a front man who was experienced, but they needed a front man who wasn't going to get gobbled up by every uh, uh, spiritual wing wang that was happening at the time uh he, they needed depth and uh i praise god that god saw that and even back in the head east days where the enemy was trying to use it to destroy me god's going okay you know what you, you play your game but you don't know it but i'm i'm using this to train for a bigger purpose later and it was uh it was magnificent uh, we'll, we'll never understand 
how God works because he's so much bigger than what I wrote a song called God's too big, which got me in trouble because that people thought I was saying God is stupid. Why would I, as a Christian artist ever do that? But, but I meant that we, he is just too big for us to ever understand. And, uh, uh, when I look back and see in, in hindsight, 2020, I, I sometimes just said, God's so cool. Thank you. I don't know why you allowed me to do this, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, you know, in the Hedy's days, it was pretty much me, 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 me. Uh, where's my next, you know, where's my next fun? What am I going to do? Uh, but in Christian music, you're delving in a whole lot deeper uh, uh, type of responsibility than ever in the Christian, in the secular world. You're, you're talking about God. And you don't get in the way of God. You know what I'm saying? You, you're singing about him. You're trying to bring across a message that can change lives. Uh, and God is allowing you to do that, showing you to do it, how to do it. And you start putting you in the way. Mm -mm, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I just, I'm smart enough not to, not to do that kind of stuff. And could we just rewind a little bit to, you know, you touched on, you know, you were kind of between suicide you know but then you took you know got on the path of coming to know christ like mm -hmm. can you just share more about that like how what was the turning point for you to make oh, that well, pivot it, it's funny you mentioned that i i have a wife who is a victorious christian all right and there was a time right when we when i left head east there was a six-month period where i started a band called the johnny band and I was going to do that to show Hedy's I didn't need them. Mm -hmm. And but the truth is, at that time, it really was just an excuse for me to stay either drunk or coked up for six months, 24 hours a day. You can't do that and live. Yeah, you can if you've been doing it for the last two years, two years, pretty much like that. So uh, I was really going downhill fast. Well, that same six month period. My wife gets saved and she's trying to tell me about Jesus. And I'm, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm saying, Oh, don't give me this Jesus stuff. I'll be a Christian when I'm too old to have fun, you know, that kind of stuff. And so she go, okay, I'm just telling you, I found something and it's amazing. Uh, and she would go to Bible studies, come home, just, just totally joyful, happy. It's like, and I come home from rehearsal, just Mr. Doom and gloom. And I'd look at her every once in a while, what world are you living in? Don't you realize we don't have one? She goes, I'm glad you asked. And she started to try to tell me, I said, no, no, no. And then she'd back off. Well, the day after our anniversary, um, which is uh, August 28th of, of 20, or 1980, um, I woke up on the 29th and realized I had gotten so drunk that I missed an anniversary party that our friends were, were throwing for us. And I passed out on the couch and the party never happened. And uh, she just let me stay there. First time that I had gotten that drunk, he just said, okay, fine, just sleep on the couch. I woke up and my one-year-old son is looking at me with this look of, you know, what a one-year-old, what's dad doing here? You know, uh, why are you here, dad? And, um, all of a sudden, the voice goes, you know, you're worth more dead than alive. And I totally received it. 
I said, yeah, wow. that totally makes sense. Yes. I, I'm it almost like it was a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. So I get up off my chair and my five-year-old daughter's in the living room also with my son. And they're there because I'm there, you know, wow, dad's here. Let's, let's uh, hang out with him. So I sit in the chair and I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm not going to use a gun. Don't want to leave a mess for the kids. And so I start to think, what kind of pill combination can I do that would be quick and as painless as possible? I remember I thinking this, you know, and my wife taps me on the shoulder and says, John, you remember, you promised you'd come and talk to my pastor tonight. I said, wouldn't I do that? She goes, last night when you were drunk. <laughs> and I, I looked at her and I said, okay, I'll come and talk to your pastor, but I did it because I wanted her to remember that I tried. Still had, I mean, my intentions of ending was still right there. And so that night we went to the pastor's house and the pastor, the pastor goes, you know, I, I walked in politely and says, got right to it. Says, John, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an American. I go to church twice a year, you know, uh, Christmas and Easter. And she said, oh, no, you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus loves you. You don't know Jesus has a plan for your life. You don't know Jesus that knows exactly what you're thinking at this moment. And it just, it the Holy Spirit just grabbed me. And I just, back and all of a sudden, do you want to know Jesus? Yeah, yeah said the sinner's prayer. And I'll tell you what, uh, it was like a load, a heavy load just lifted right off of me. And I just, I realized that it was the beginning of a new life for me. Have I been perfect? Absolutely not. That's why I'm saying, you know, the blood of Christ is the blood of Christ. And we can only do our best and walk the walk. When I walked out of that house, I was a different person. I had my five-year-old daughter in my hand. And I think the first thing God ever said to me was, okay, you know, those treasures you've been trying to, to get. In other words, I was, I was sacrificing everything for the music business in, in the secular world because I knew I'd be rich one of these days. Once I got rich, then I could make it up to my family, my health, everything else that was coming in second. And I think God said, you know, those riches, the, that wealth you thought you were going to have, here they are right now, and I've been taking care of them. You start taking care of them too. And it was it, that was an eye opener for me. And as time went on, I almost I felt like he's not just talking my flesh and blood, my babies. He's talking the kids of the world, because the language, you know, the music I sing was reaching at that time was reaching the kids. Uh, and uh, to be able to use that music to, to sing about Christ, to me, would just make, totally made sense. And a very exciting music form to sing about the most exciting subject in history of mankind, that made sense. Now, I will say that didn't happen until after five years. And in those five years, I gave up music totally. I wouldn't listen to radio. Christian music was boring to me. So I wouldn't listen to that. Uh, it just, I, then somebody handed me a Petra record. Says it sounds just like your old man, but Christian. 
And I, uh, I listen, and I said, yeah, sure. I listened. Oh my gosh, this is great. But remember, I'm still a baby Chris and I'm going, man, I blew it. It's too late for me. I'm too dirty. There's no way God could ever use me. And that was like two years into my walk and still, you know, still that baby Christian type of thing. Still not, still not really understanding how deep God is, you know, I, still learning, but, and then three years later, praise God, by that time, I'm seeing more of the vision of what, how Christian music could be used. And, and although I'm seeing no possible way that I could ever be in it, but I was, I was liking what was happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, by this time, I'm probably four and a half years into my walk, just out of the blue, I'm sitting there, yeah, I'm just too dirty. I'm just too, and all of a sudden, it was like God again said, okay, what sin is it that was greater than my blood? And it just opened my eyes. And that was like, it just was a whole new world to me. But still, I'm too old to be a rocker anymore. You know, back then I was like, oh, I'm too old. I can't be a rock. So, but then when Petra called me, it was like, wow, this is an established band I could fit. And uh, it was the beginning of a whole new life for me. Wow. Just listening to that and just hearing the story of God just redeeming the time and redeeming and just building you up and preparing you for that. And it's just it's the story of so many people where it's, that looks great, but I could never be part of it. That looks amazing, but yeah. I'm too, I'm too dirty. I, I'm too far gone. I'm too far removed. Yeah. And those lies, you know, we, we hear them, we all hear them in our, our head and we think we're the only ones to hear that. And, and I'm, we, I'm a Christian at the time. You know, you would think, oh, no, I don't hear those anymore. Oh, no, no. Christians probably hear more from the enemy than uh, than the non-saved because he's already got them. He doesn't bother them that much. But, I mean, as Christians, there's always a little, oh, you know, you did that. Oh, you did that. You know, it's uh, we've got to be on our on our toes at all times. It's uh, uh, once you become a Christian, it doesn't mean it's all gravy and cream. No, it's uh, it's the beginning of a new battle that's probably more intense than it ever was. Uh, but isn't it worth it? What's also cool, though, you've got Jesus right there going, no, John, no, that's not me. Does that sound like me? No. And it's it's so cool. It's, it, but it is a battle of battle of voices. You know, you see those those uh, TV shows where you got the 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 devil and the, and the <laughs> angel on it. Well, I'm not going to say devil and angel, but it has that that kind of feel to it. So tell us a little bit. You've again rocked in the the secular world. You've rocked in the Christian world. What are some of the like the differences? What are you, what are some of the similarities? What what did you like about what do you like about both? Okay, similarities is music style. Uh, if you're doing it, especially under the Lord, you better be doing better quality than the secular side. Now you're you're functioning on about one tenth the budget if you're a big band in Christian music. But we have the Holy Spirit, so that always evens out as far as I'm concerned. So you you don't compete with your Christian counterparts. You compete with the secular world. That's how I always saw it. Petra didn't compete with Whiteheart. We didn't compete with uh, uh, DNK. We didn't compete with all the bands that were happening at the time. They were our partners. I was competing with Journey, Foreigner, uh, uh, 
other sticks, other bands, secular bands that were grabbing the ear of the kids. And I wanted to be there to grab the ear of those same kids, but with a different message. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was, uh, so there was similarity. The music styles were very similar. The quality we hoped was very similar to the secular side, but the difference is our message was totally geared to a positive Christ-centered message. Where in the secular world, I mean, it's always love, dove, and, you know, it's uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, it's all the messages of, of what the world thinks is fun. Party, sex. I keep mentioning sex, but it's it really, it's, it's a lot to do with that. Uh, um, do what you want. It, it's just sort of chaotic free-for-all. Um well, that's freedom. Well, you know, I've got, well, you know, great freedom to go to hell. That's, that's what you want. Uh, so I always, uh, um, and I, how to say it, I don't, I, I have a, uh, a habit of making every, generalizing everything that it's this way. There are groups in the secular world that are amazing and they, they have a YouTube, YouTube, amazing band. They have a mission that they they believe in. Uh, it's not as it's not Christ centered necessarily, but it's not it's not negative. And there are other bands also that just yeah they they celebrate parties. Okay, is that a sin? No, but is when you have a, a listening ear, wouldn't it be cooler just to have to be talking about a, a life changing experience for eternity? And it just you know it, it's my choice. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I thought was important. And that's the difference between where I was with Head East, where it was pretty much me, 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 to where in the, in the Christian world, it's uh, uh, Christ, Christ, Christ. And just, that's, that's the difference. Well, and I love what you shared about, you know, that the other bands were your partners. Like you were all on the same team, mm-hmm. as you were saying, like you were all for the same message of sharing yeah. Jesus and getting yeah. the attention of the people that were listening to your music. And instead, yeah. like, hey, let's work together. Let's celebrate each other's wins mm-hmm. and get now, I will, from hey, over here and bring I'll it back. I'll say we were competitive. We were competitive. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be heard more than they did, but, you know, more than that. But, but it was cool knowing that, uh, you know, they come up with an amazing song. It, it went number one. It deserved it. That's great. It's cool. It just means we had to work harder. Uh, and it was like, oh, man. Uh, it was competitive, yes. Um, where we, we were happy for them. We'd have been happier for us, but, but no, (laughs) but it wasn't, I, I never felt like we competed with our, with our Christian counterpart. We, we would, uh, uh, we would try to work as a team. That's when the Christian festivals, we, you know, we have all the different bands come on and it was a, it was a total commitment of all the bands to make sure that that day or that weekend or whatever was very beneficial yeah i also think there's a big difference too where it's this idea of gifting versus anointing right um where there's a lot of gifted musicians you know even within the christian industry but there's um but the anointing is different and when you're playing as an anointed leader um there's just there's something special uh, about that and and that's something that you carry uh in your music there's an there's an anointing and uh yeah absolutely and so I wanted to kind of segue from kind of the Petra into, I know that you did 
about 20 years or so with, with Petra, right? Um, you played actually, well, 20. I started in 86 and we ended in 2005, six, you know, so it was, I, I'm short one month of being in the band 20 years officially, but then the band has been every once in a while in the, since that um, doing benefits and revivals and stuff, especially in South America. And now with the 50th anniversary, mm -hmm. uh, we're back out again, which is funny. Bob called me, so I think we should do a 50th anniversary tour. I said, really? I, I hadn't played with Bob in years, you know, and I didn't even know if he played guitar anymore. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he plays guitar real good. So uh, that's been a real thrill. We started last year, did about 10 shows. This year, we're uh, in the middle of some pretty big projects and already have more than that on the books. I think this year is probably going to be a whole lot busier. And then next year will be the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of our first album. So um, it should be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, praise God that God still is still allowing us to do what we do. So you, you've played as a band as Petra, but you've also done projects yourself, uh, a few of them. And Go was your most recent, I think. Tell yes. us a little bit, kind of what is it like to to do things as a solo project after having done so many years as a group as a group? Well, a solo a solo project is is uh, quite a challenge. You have nobody to to blame for mistakes, and you really can't claim success because you have so many, or you know, the you're the reason for success is because you have so many amazing musicians and producers and everything else. Uh, that are taking care of you. So uh, all I can claim is the mistakes. Um, uh, but praise God, I don't think there were too many. I've had, uh, um, you know, I hate to say it, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I've had five solo projects. I think I'm going to go on five. Uh, but anyway, every one of them has been a thrill for me. Everyone was a challenge. Everyone was allowing me to voice some thoughts I had uh, instead of going through Petra. Remember, Petra didn't need me as a writer. They they had so many writers, especially Bob Hartman. So I sort of stayed out of the way. I never tried to be a writer for Petra because I saw the anointing on uh, Bob, Johnny, uh, Ronnie. I just I just didn't try to bother to be a writer because there's too many you know, too many chefs in the kitchen causes too much confusion. So I wrote, I think I wrote, co-wrote one song for Petra in the 20 years I was with it officially. And so when I got a chance to do solo stuff, I had a lot that I wanted to talk about in the way I wanted to talk about it. And uh, so that gave me a chance to start working in that direction. And uh, as time went on, I started writing more. And, uh, and now I'm not only doing uh, uh, my solo project, I'm working with Billy Smiley doing a Union of Sinners and Saints and we just put out our second record there and I co-write with him a lot more. So I, although I had a late start, only because I was around so many anointed, amazing writers, it's a, it's a satisfying, but, but different feel. Wow. So when we think about music, 
in the music world, you've pretty much done it all. You've kind of you've played played, you've rocked with the best of them, you've kind of got the highest awards, you've kind of traveled the music or traveled the world with your music. When you look back, when you reflect, and of course you've got more ahead of you, but what are like is there a moment in the last many years that you look back and you would have loved to 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 relive or like what what is what's the legacy that you're leaving? What is what is it oh, that I, when when they think John, well, John Schlitt, what do we hope people think of? Well, of course, uh, the highlight of my life is Petra. The Head East was a fun time. It was fun when I wasn't totally blitzed. The crowds were always I, I I every crowd I've ever been in front of, I appreciated because they were there and they they were there because they wanted to hear us. And they and we were on stage because of them. And I never took that for granted. I always wanted to make sure that crowd realized we appreciated them because we were on that stage because of them. They bought our records. They were they they paid the ticket to get here. And so that was what the headies. Now Petra is was a bigger picture because a lot of times half the people there were friends invited by Christians that wanted to to uh, uh, join with us as a, as a team effort to see their friends' lives change. That's how I looked at it. So it was a, a whole lot more complicated type of of, of um, God's plan. You know, it's really cool. And so. Um, those were those were highlights. Every show has been a highlight. Now, I am a father and a husband. I want you to know, I'm sorry, but that is the highlight. The music mm-hmm. comes in Amazing. second, but my Absolutely. my family has been a thrill. They've been a challenge, but they've been a thrill. And I, I that's oh my gosh, I could never get enough of that. When I hear you, though, what I love is if we just kind of it's veiled. But what I hear you say is, is this idea of you have a servant heart. You're you're there serving. And and that's really the secret to success in a lot of ways. You know, Jesus says the greatest of you will serve. And you're you're going out there, and your idea was to go out there and, and use your gifting, your anointing, but to serve those people that were coming. It wasn't all about you, it was about them. And I love how you it's veiled, but it, underneath there is that that's the truth is god worked through your servant attitude to serve those people that came to listen to your gifting and your anointing i love that that's that's absolutely amazing absolutely i don't know if everyone anyone's ever put that in words like that that thank you um i'm gonna receive that it sounds good i'm i'm just gonna receive it and say yes uh but how can i not i mean I guess you're right. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, that that really rings true. It feels good. It, I, not that oh yeah, I could oh that's good job. It's just it it feels right. Thank you, thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, that's that's the, that's the kingdom in action. That's it's it's serving. You know that that's that's what we're what we're called to do. So, um, so speaking of serving, we know that. Obviously, you served through music, but you also have kind of a 501c3, a, a nonprofit called, is it, is it Build It Missions? Is that right? Build, yeah, Build It Ministries. Uh, Ministries, sorry. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I have been, as we've pointed out with the conversation, I've been very blessed through the years. 
I have more time on my hand now than I did in the past. Um, I really, I, I don't like having that much free time. So I try to fill it with uh, either touring or writing or, but now I have a chance to uh, help out um, financially or, or uh, time-wise. And so to do that, it takes money. And so I, I put together a ministry for folks that have, and there's a lot of them that have extra cash around that just want to do something with it and that will trust me. Mm -hmm. And praise God, there have been people that trust me. And with that, I, uh, I get a chance to do things for people. And uh, from uh, originally, the, the idea was I was going to take the ministry and I was going to go out and we were, and I, with the ministry, we were going to pay for shows and we were going to, uh, I was going to pay for the show to go to a church or uh, what a city and the people were going to get a free show uh, or the promoter. But the, but what I wanted them to do was charge ticket prices and that money that uh, the tickets brought up, find a local need. Like if a church needs a new roof or a, uh, uh, there's a family that that their bathroom needs to re be repaired or something. They could take that money and and use that to help uh, uh, someone locally. But they couldn't see that vision. It was like that doesn't make any sense to me. You're going to play for free, but we have to charge tickets and blah blah. It's like okay, I give up. And I'm serious. <laughs> I finally said, okay, nobody gets it. I don't know what I'm going to do. So God started opening doors for me for a lady who who needed a she has a uh, handicapped little girl, major handicap, and she was getting too big for her to lift her up into the van and get the wheelchair. So through some very generous people, we were able to find a van, you know, a, uh, a wheelchair accessible van that I, I was really happy about that. We did that last year. Uh, I helped a lady rebuild her house to where she had an upstairs apart, uh, apartment that hadn't been used for years. So we put a new deck on it and, uh, and redid the apartment. So she has an income now for that. I've got right now, I've got a, a, a man who um, had some brain damage um, in an accident a long time ago, and he needs a helping hand to get restarted. And, um, and then, gone through several uh, cancer treatment victims that, man, you don't need, don't understand how, and these are hardworking people. These aren't people yeah. that, you know, you're pulling off the street. These are hardworking people that, that uh, all of a sudden are just being financially collapsed because of these kind of things. And especially those are the ones that almost get, get looked over because they're too successful. But um so I've been sort of concentrating on that, just trying trying to make life better for people that cross my path, and that that's I think probably the easiest way to say it. I, you know, it's not I'm not feeding hundreds of thousands of little kids or, you know, creating new new uh, whatever all over the world. It's just sort of it's what God has opened up for me at this time, and as usual, I try to be as available as possible in God's plan and never try to out thank God. That's so good. I, you know, just being available for what God's plan is, you know, you're not 
just trying to look like someone else. You're truly following what God has planned for you to do and how to serve him and his kingdom. And yeah, it doesn't look like this or that, but whatever God puts in my path, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I I can't, I don't even have a definition for the ministry. And some people, well, what's this all about? Well, I, you know, it just, I don't have a set and I've tried to, you're supposed to have a mission statement. Well, I've got several mission statements, but they don't cover everything, but that's, but you know, also I work with a lot of ministries, uh, uh, 5013C uh, ministries that have amazing uh, ministry potential. So, and I don't want to get in their way either. So it's almost like, okay, I want to help them, but I don't want to get in the way, but how can I help? And sometimes we cross, you know, we cross and, and my ministry can help their ministry. And, and uh, it's, it's exciting. It's just, it's just another way to say, thank you, Jesus. I love how you sum that up. I make people's lives better that cross my path. That's, I mean, and th- I think that's, that's the mission of life, really. I mean, it's just the idea of yeah. living on mission and, and serving those who cross our path and, and, and making their lives better where, where, and when we can. So yes. absolutely yes. amazing. How can people, how can our listeners connect with you? We certainly know that you're, you're doing a lot. You're, you've got so many different things kind of, so many irons in the fire, so to speak. How can people connect and kind of follow what's next for John Schlitt? Well, you know, right now, Facebook, of course, is the easiest way to do it. And I'm in the middle of transferring from an older Facebook package to a new. I didn't realize how hard that is. So mm-hmm. right now I sell the old one and I think the new one will be under the same thing. But if you if you come to, to check what's going on, it's an older thing. So I know it's not the coolest, newest thing right now, but uh, trying to transfer is cool. uh, too many, uh, just too many things. To, uh, anyway, <laughs> just go to John, johnwschlitt.com, johnwschlitt.com uh, or uh, .net, dot, four, four million different ways, but, or just Google John Schlitt and you can, <laughs> you can stay busy for hours. So, uh, but that would be wonderful if folks are anxious to, to see what's going on, where I'm, where I'm playing, what I'm doing as far as ministry. Uh, I'm very happy. I, I'm, I'm humbled that you're interested. And I, I, I would love to work with anyone that if someone, for instance, if someone has a, a, a need that maybe I could help with, that'd be great. Now that may overswamp me because we all have needs, but uh, yeah. Uh, or if someone has a couple of million dollars they just want to get rid of, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm here too. But no. <laughs> but uh, God's good, and he Amen. he's he's taking care of us, and it's it's amazing. God's good. We always need to remember that. You know, uh, it's amazing how the enemy can make make a bright day turns turn sour just by blinding our eyes to the to the obvious goodness that God has for us. So let's take those dreary days and turn them into the brightness through Christ. And let's just, just throw it right back in the enemy's face. Yes. Well said. Amen. Wow. I feel like we could sit here and talk so long, but um, I want to be honoring of your time, John. Um, what a blessing. What an honor to sit here and have a conversation with you and have you encourage our listeners just with the testimony of what God's done in your life. And uh, just we speak blessing over you and speak blessing over everything you're putting your hand to. Yes, thank, thank you. you. And for the folks, hey, remember, God's got a plan for each one of us. We just have to listen. Sometimes be quiet and listen. 
or you know get get off and, and start seeing what god has for us the the album go uh, basically the title cut basically says god's got a plan go and do it stop sitting around and waiting for it to happen you are part of the package so go amen amen go john thank you again what an honor thank you very much my pleasure guys it, it's finally we get to talk you know it's a, <laughs> I, I, i'm not running away this time so God bless you. <laughs> that's awesome awesome well thank you so much absolutely god bless you guys